you ever wished you could just grab coffee with a top leader in your direct sales company and pick her brain about all the things? Well, you're in luck. My name is Tiffany Spees. Welcome to Directly Different, the podcast where I have conversations with top direct sales leaders and ask them to share what they're doing differently to help them achieve success in their businesses. Direct sales doesn't have to feel spammy or gross. You can absolutely find success in your business by doing things a different way. I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Directly Different. Sometimes isn't it just nice to have someone to talk to about all the different things we experience as social sellers? Today you'll hear from Paige Damero about what it's like to run a social selling business along with being involved in homeschooling, ministry life, and so much more. Paige is a leader with Beauty Counter and she is on a mission to help others switch to safer beauty products. She shares her story about why she chose to partner with Beauty Counter ways to begin your non-toxic journey, and she even shared about her recent social media fast where she took her business offline and how you can do the same. Be sure to check the show notes so you can follow Paige, and I know she will quickly become a bright spot in your Instagram feed. Hi, Paige. Thank you so much for being my guest on Directly Different this week. I know I've been stalking you for some time now, so I'm super glad that we connected and that we're having this really fun conversation. So thank you for being my guest this week. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. All right. So tell us a little bit about you and your family to start off. All right. So I am Paige. I am currently in Georgia. My husband and I are from Texas and we moved here about 10 years ago to be a part of our local church here. So we are living the ministry life and we have two little ones, seven and five, um, which blows my mind, but we are getting into that like school age life and out of out of the toddler phase somehow went by really quickly. And we are doing kind of like a hybrid homeschooling. So we do a little bit of both. We homeschool a few days a week and then also they go to a private school. And I do beauty counter full time. That is my job um here. And it's been really fun. Yes, those school ages are so much fun. And I it is really mind blowing to realize that we're out of that tiny toddler slash baby stage. It's you feel like you'll never get out of it and <laughs> it'll be your life forever. And then one day it's not, and you're wow, this is a whole new life. And so it is really fun to have that extra white space to kind of explore other areas. Like you have a part-time homeschool gig and then also beauty counter too. So to be able to have that extra space in life is really refreshing and it makes those years, those long years, so worth it for sure. Yes. I think one day you just suddenly don't have a diaper bag when you walk out the door, you just have your purse and you're like, oh, okay. This is yes. All yes. And they're responsible to grab their own little things if they want to bring them. And it's, it's a whole new life. It's awesome. Yes. <laughs> so if you are listening <laughs> and you're in those little tiny years, hang in there, hang in there, please. Cause <laughs> take it from us. If we can make it, you guys can make it too. Right. Yes. <laughs> All right, Paige, you have been with Beauty Counter for almost five years, which is so exciting. So will you share with us a little bit about what brought you to the social selling industry and how you jumped into that and what led you to Beauty Counter? 
Yes. So um, it's been almost five years since Beauty Counter basically fell into my lap, but I had been on a journey of switching to safer for a lot of years. I had a lot of different um, people in my ear, my mom being one of them who um, had a cancer journey and starting to swap things in my home from our laundry detergent and house cleaners and things like that. But with us being in ministry and I was working at a preschool, not making a lot of money, um, I would say that supplemental income was definitely something that I was searching as well. So I had the mind for safer swaps, but I also really needed, you know, a little bit more money. It was actually funny. My husband the other day, he was like, remember when we would budget? And then I would say, okay, here's the $20 we have left for you to go and have fun. And I was like, oh, I remember I had no clue where to start. Where do I start with just that small amount? But we were trying to be so diligent and faithful in um, the season that we were in. And so actually I went to the library and checked out Jess Galba's book, Honest, I think is what it's called. And it was about switching to safer. I didn't even want to pay for it. (laughs) Target. I went to the library to check it out. Probably one of the only times I've checked out a book for myself and not my kids. And I read it and started learning about all these safer swaps and why we need to ditch these products and what's hiding in them and all the different things. So fast forward a few years and I felt like I had finally in my mind swapped everybody else out and it was my turn. And I started really wanting, really I wanted beauty care products in general. I wanted some skincare. I wanted some nice makeup because our budget was having me, you know, just buy from the target aisle or, you know, Walgreens and the cheapest stuff I could afford. And I just knew it wasn't good for me. And so I started doing research. Beauty counters name came up several times and I actually had done a direct selling before beauty counter and in, it was a wellness industry and I loved the products, but I didn't love sharing about them. I didn't um, enjoy it. It didn't fill me up. And it also, I probably, because of that, did not give me the income I was looking for. Cause I think you have to love what you're selling and talking about to grow in this industry. And so I was a little nervous about doing something new. I've already done it. Felt like in my mind, I wasn't successful, but a friend from high school called me and was like, I see you posting about these healthy things. I see you asking questions. You're looking for products why not beauty counter? And I was like, well, I've heard of beauty counter a lot. Actually, the name has popped up over and over again, but I'm a little nervous and I don't think I can afford it. Our budget is really small. And, um, she just kind of gave me the breakdown on the discount and the earning potential. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to give it a try. If anything, I'll get those safer products that I'm craving that I just like so badly want my postpartum skin. And I just want these products and If I fail, I'm still winning because I have good products and we'll just see what happens. And I feel like it kind of fell into my lap basically. And I fell in love with talking about safer products. I actually found joy in that and got excited to help people, um, you know, find safer makeup and skincare. And that's where like the joy of beauty counter came and then the income and it's just grown from there five years later. I know in our house, we've been on a non-toxic journey for, you know, six, seven, well, actually probably more than that, eight, eight years or so. And it really does start with one little thing, 
where you kind of start questioning, okay, what am I actually eating? Or what am I actually cleaning my house with? Or what am I actually putting on my body or my kid's skin? What are we doing? And when you really take a closer look, it's so crazy at the things that are in our everyday products that we're just okay with using and we just shouldn't be okay with using sometimes. And so it can get overwhelming. Like you said, it, it, you kind of have to take it piece by piece. And like you said, you kind of, I mean, moms always go last, right? So that was kind of what our, my last area was too. Like, okay, there's gotta be better skincare, better makeup out there for me, but where it's really, it is really overwhelming. So just take it step by step, product by product, area by area in your home. It, it isn't as overwhelming, but you can't do it all right. at once, but you can do it a little step at a time. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> so Paige, I know that your mom, you mentioned your mom played a role in you joining beauty counter. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your mom, your sweet mom, and just how she, how she influenced your decision to join a better, safer beauty company. Well, I think, you know, we know as moms, we want the absolute best for our kids. And so um, she was always cheering me on, my biggest cheerleader in um, both just feeling like I can reach that potential of, you know, bringing in that income, not that I necessarily needed to, to be fulfilled in my marriage and my motherhood journey, but I just had that longing and I did have to call my mom a lot and say, can you buy my daughter's shoes or can you do this? And so she really cheered me on in that aspect of like, you know, go do it. I think you can be amazing at this and be successful. And she is definitely a huge part of why I started looking into products. And I kind of thought she would think I was weird at first when I started bringing up and she's like, no, 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 I've been doing the same research. And, you know, my doctors have been telling me this stuff too. And so she just really helped open my eyes and, and made me feel good about what I was doing, that it wasn't weird and I wasn't crazy. Like this, this was a great thing for me to start, you know, going down the path of, of switching to safer and talking about it on social media with my friends and things like that. And she is um, now healed in heaven. And so she's my biggest fly now of, I want people to know about this. And, you know, I always have that question of, you know, was it the deodorant that she was wearing or, you know, the hairspray that she was using? And, and maybe this would have been the journey no matter what, but it always just makes me have that um, drive of, I want to share these products because if it can save somebody's mom, then that is just very important to me. So and I think too, you know, we can kind of get into the mindset or if, when we start researching these things, it can be like, well, we're never going to eliminate every toxin from our life. So why, so why even try? But if you can, I always tell people, if you can just reduce your toxic load, our toxic load is crazy. I know that I'm sure you've seen that in your research, but like we said, the things that are just everyday things around us <laughs> that we're breathing in and consuming and it's, it's all there. We can't possibly run away from all of it. But if we can reduce that toxic load, it can make a huge difference in our health down the road and for our children and their health and in our loved one's health. And so it's such a powerful why. And I love that that is the heart behind everything that you do in your business with beauty counter. So if somebody is wanting to start their own non-toxic journey, they're switching to safer journey, what product or products or 
areas of products do you recommend that they start with first when they are ditching and switching? I know for me, I always think of, like you said, deodorant. I always think of deodorant first because that is <laughs> in a very intimate area on our bodies that we are yeah. constantly shaving and we are, you know, there's constant motion there and we really do have to be conscious about what we put <laughs> right there next to our you know, other areas that are important. And so <laughs> you can tell I'm trying to be very discreet. I don't know why it's all it's mostly <laughs> women listening to this, but it's always what I think of first. So what are some areas that you recommend people start with when they are trying to switch to safer products? Yes, I, I agree about the deodorant. I also agree about the, it takes time and not to put the pressure on us um, because it's just about giving our bodies the ability to detox some of these things that are coming into our system. And if we're overloading them, then we can't get it all out. So, um, eliminating it completely isn't even possible. So we don't even need to strive for that. Um, deodorant for sure. I love that you said that, um, it's, you know, our lymph nodes, that area for women, especially something that we want to be super careful about avoiding the aluminum and things that can keep us from detoxing and getting the junk out of our bodies. Also, if you just want to clean sweep, go around your house with a trash bag. And if it says fragrance, um, fragrance is such a crazy, um, you know, it's, it's a trade secret. It's a loophole. And so we don't know for sure what is in every single bottle. When it says fragrance, it could be 3000 chemicals. It could be, you know, 10. And so ditching that just to make sure that we aren't putting carcinogens and things that are going to just totally mess with our body, um, dump those. And then I'd say if you want to start getting really specific, I always think of what are you using on the most skin um, or what are you using the most of? Like if you're somebody who you don't wear makeup every day, then makeup is not going to be your first you know, swap. But we, we do shower and we use body wash head to toe. And when we're talking about lotions, we're putting them all over our body. And then when we get to our face, what is the thing that we're putting all over our face? The, the face wash, the moisturizer, the foundation. You don't have to swap your blush right away. It's in such a small part of your face. So think large and go small, I think is the easiest way. Um, and like you said, switching over time, this could take years and that is okay. But when you are out of that foundation, go grab the safer option. When you are out of that shampoo, grab the safer option and don't feel like you have to go on like a rampage and dump it all and switch it all in one, you know weekend. <laughs> right. Right. And I will say just to warn everybody, if you do the fragrance, if you go through your house and pitch anything that has fragrance in it, be warned. <laughs> it it's might in be, it's, yeah, I would say it's everything in your house will be in the garbage, <laughs> but <laughs> when you can, but then like, you know, like we said, when you are a little more aware of the ingredients and things that are, that are in fragrance and things that are hiding that could be lurking in fragrance, you can find those safer swaps, even at the store target has, uh, I mean, stores like target, I shouldn't say just target, but places have become a little more aware that consumers are wanting cleaner products and fragrance is one of them. And so I do feel like it is a tiny bit easier to find things that are not filled with <laughs> toxic fragrances. But if you are 
looking to ditch that, that is an excellent, excellent place to start. Um, I think they're starting to say now that fragrance um, and these things that we're breathing in are similar to secondhand smoke and what they do to our bodies. So it does feel overwhelming because it feels like it's in everything, but you're right that the industry, the companies, they see what we want now. And the more that we buy safer, we're basically voting with our dollar and saying, this is what I want more of. And companies want to make money. So they're paying attention. Um, whether it's something that they want or not, they know that we want it. And so they are starting to um, give us more options, which I'm very thankful for. Yes. Super thankful. All right, Paige, you mentioned that you do part-time homeschooling. Well, it's called hybrid homeschooling. So will you share mm -hmm. a little bit about what that looks like for you guys and how you typically run your business between family life and homeschooling and what that looks like on a daily or weekly basis? So I would say I am still learning how to do the best balance and um, figure out our schedule right now. It feels like every day is different. Every week is different. And so I don't feel like I have a solid standard schedule. I have to kind of go with the flow sometimes. Some days our homeschool is done in a flash and sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Um, and because we're doing the hybrid, which it's where she goes to a private school two days a week and she's home, I'm also still doing the carpool thing, you know, during the week as well. So there are times when I'm sitting in carpool line working um, and things like that. But when I started this business, I was teaching and I would come home around 1.30, put my kids down for a nap and nap was when I worked and that just became a part of my daily life. Whether I did, you know, 10 minutes of work or an hour of work, that is what I knew I could get done. And now that my kids are older and we're not really doing nap time, I have to kind of use the opportunities that come. And sometimes it's when my kids are just playing really well together. And I'm like, great, this is, this is my time to sneak away and get some work done. And I also tell them I'm pretty open about my job and tell them that I work because I think it's okay for them to see me sit down at the computer or on my phone for a little bit and say, I've got 15 minutes to knock some stuff out and then we're going to play or go for a walk or bike ride or whatever it is. So every day looks a little bit different. And I just know what I need my non-negotiables for the week are and what I need to get done and start tacking, you know, off the list. That's right. That's right. And I think too, if we hold to a schedule too tightly, that's when things are going to go wrong. And so if you, I mean, not to say, you know, just let everything go willy nilly. We, there's some days that are like that, but if you are looking at a schedule and you're, okay, when they, when they go down for a nap, this was always my, I'm, I'm sure this happened to you too, but okay. When they go down for a nap today, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Well, those are the days they're not going to nap because they know yes. you have to get stuff done. And so if you learn to work around those obstacles, maybe not obstacles, but those challenges in the day, day-to-day -day schedule, then that's when you're really going to see growth because you are, like you said, you're just, you're taking your non-negotiables and you're getting those done when you can, and then leaving the rest of the time for other things too. Yes. All right, Paige, I know that we not only have to work around, you know, home life and kids and school life and all that kind of stuff, but we also have our own personal lives that we are working around. And I know that you have shared recently about a little bit about your personal health journey. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that with us? 
Yes. So I feel like I got another job whenever I found out that I had, um, you know, some things going on. It's a whole another world that you have to dive into and and learn new things. Um, but recently was um, diagnosed with Lyme disease and um, also some thyroid and hormone imbalances and things like that, that we have been working on. And I do see light at the end of the tunnel. I feel so much better currently um, talking to you, but if you would have asked me a year ago, I was really, really struggling mostly with exhaustion. It just put so much burden on my body that just taking care of my kids was all I could do. Um, and I felt like I was really struggling with how, how do I work, um, and balance. And I, I don't know if other people feel this way, but I feel like sometimes because it's a direct selling business, I, I think sometimes we kind of like push it aside. And as if it's not a real job, you wouldn't do that with any other job. And I kind of had to have conversations with people and start asking for help. And then tell, you know, my husband told me like, this is your real job. Like this income affects our family. So don't be afraid to ask for help so that you can get the things done that you need to get done every week. Um, and so it was very eye-opening that it's okay to ask for help when you just don't feel good. And so that's what I had to do. I had to one, ask for permission for myself to just have grace and rest and do the things that I need to do, but then also ask for help, you know, with my kids so that I could get a little bit of work done and things like that. And I'm thankful for that time. It's very eye-opening on the ways that I was working, not maybe so smart and ways that I could work a little bit better so that it benefits my health, my family, and all of those things. Yes. And I think that's hard because, you know, we are as women, as moms, we're super women. We can do anything and we try to do everything. And that's where we get into trouble. Even on a regular day where you're feeling great, we know we try to do everything. So I'm glad that you were able to find a balance that works for you, where you are able to give yourself grace to rest when you need to, because that is productive. Rest is always productive. And so resting your body and just listening to those cues in those internal cues, and then asking for help. So are there any areas that you have gotten help in your business, such as a virtual assistant or, um, you know, anything like that, that you have been able to incorporate into your business? I haven't um, hired on anybody to help me, but I, I think I just needed to really ask the people around me to help me. And one of those was being my husband because he is so sweet um, and willing to help, but didn't know where I needed that help. Um, and just where there were days where I was like, I need you to come home and make dinner. I know that sounds so bad because I've been home all day and I've been, you know, it, you feel like you haven't been doing anything because you've been home all day but I have been taking care of the kids and I have been working. And so I think I just had to ask so that I wasn't doing everything. Um, and so I haven't gotten to the point of asking, you know, for outside help as far as like a virtual assistant or anything like that. I love the idea of it. Um, and maybe that's something down the road that we can add in, but I first had to ask my, my people to help me. <laughs> yes. And I think that's a really great place to start is you know, asking your husband or whoever supports you in your life, whoever is your main supporter, asking them, because like you said, you made such a good point that they don't know what it means to help us. They, they're there for support and they're there to listen, but they don't always know exactly what we're thinking, which how dare they, right? They should know everything. 
And it's crazy that they don't all, you know, by now, but it gets easier to ask. I'm sure you have found that it gets a little bit easier, but at first it can be so scary and so hard. Not scary. I shouldn't say that, but so hard to reach out and say, Hey, I am struggling and I cannot physically handle the mental load of making dinner. I don't need one more thing on my plate. I've said that before. I can't make a decision. Can you just make a decision for me and make it? I don't care what we eat. I don't care if we get a pizza. It does not matter. (laughs) Please help us out. So it's so wonderful to have just that support person in your life that you can count on to do the littlest things, make dinner, pick up the kids from practice, take them here, go run to the store for Valentine's day treats or whatever it might be. So it's so great too. I hope that I hope everybody listening has somebody in their life that they can count on because we need them day in, day out. Yes. I think it's very humbling to have to ask when you do want to be that super woman and you want to feel like, no, I can do it. I can do the mom thing and the wife thing and the work thing. Um, and you don't want to let go of that pride, but I think that's what I had to let go of is no, I can't do it all. (laughs) I just can't. All right, Paige, part of running a social selling business is finding that work-life balance, which probably won't ever be a true balance. I know we've talked about this on past episodes. It's more of a work-life harmony, but there is an art to finding that. And a huge part of our social selling businesses is being social on social media. And recently you took a social media fast. So will you share a little bit about what led you to that decision? Yes. So I took a social media fast, which was very scary, something that I um, did not want to do at first. And it's something that we do with our church every January. It's a reset. We do 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've been doing it for maybe seven, eight years. And the last few years, they added in a social media component. So not just fasting from like a food or a meal. And so last couple of years, I did the like, no, can't do that. This is my job. I do everything on social media. I can't do that. And this last year, I felt very convicted that I was not giving my business over to the Lord and being faithful. And so as we were getting closer to the end of the year last year, I felt that stirring and I could tell that God was telling me like, you're going to do this this year. You're going to actually do it. And I was like, how? I This is my business. And I heard him say, do you not think that I could provide for you and your business without social media? And I was like, okay, I know you can. And I'm going to be faithful, even though it's really hard. So I actually started looking forward to it as the week started coming because of all of my health things that we had mentioned. I was tired. And I actually kind of felt like it was a gift that the Lord was saying, I'm not really asking you to give up something. I'm actually asking you to take something. I am giving you rest and I'm giving you that ability just to allow me to show you that I'm going to provide, even if you take some steps back. So, um, it was 21 days. I did a full, no social media, no scrolling, no posting, um, or at least from Instagram and Facebook is what I consider social media at right now, um, just because that's where I'm scrolling. The whole point is to give your time back and reset and focus on the things that we need to be focusing on. Um, And so preparing for that, I had, you know, I mentioned there are some ways that this last year I realized I wasn't working as smartly, as smart as I could. 
And so I really started working on my email list and working on growing outside of Instagram. We, we all know that Instagram could be gone in a second. So I can't put all my eggs in this basket. And this was almost like my trial run of how am I going to work this business if Instagram just decides to go away tomorrow? So prior to the fast, I kind of tried to build up my email list. And then during the fast, I kind of focused on building a text list and how can I reach, you know, my current clients who are shopping for me to continue to be service to them and help them. And then how can I also bring in new people and help them on their safer swaps journey? So um, it's still a learning process, but it really opened my eyes to how much emphasis we can put on social media and where we sometimes put blinders up on the other areas that can actually bring in a lot to our business and also give us some breathing room. So I'm so glad I did it. I'll do it again next year. And I'm really thankful that I got to rest, but also have some good takeaways from it. So that is amazing. I love that. And it really inspires me and I'm sure people listening to try this on their own as well. Have you seen any direct results from it so far? I know that it's a long game and this isn't, you know, something that it's a, it's not an instant gratification type thing. And that wasn't the point of it at all, but have you seen any business results from it yet? Or did you see your business either stay steady or grow during that time? So I think with it being January, it was kind of like a hard month to even kind of tell, you don't really know how January is going to go, right? When you're you're in social selling. So I feel like it was kind of probably what it would have been if I was on social media. I did not feel like I tanked or anything like that. Um, I am seeing some growth from what I have started to put in and starting to see that, you know, social media is a great way for us to connect, but then at the same time, we still aren't always fully connecting always a two-way street. It's a one-way, a lot of times with us just putting out information. And so whenever I started connecting with people offline and even telling them like, I'm doing the social media fast and this is why, you know, I am reaching out to you this way. I really had a lot more conversations and feel like I got closer to the people that I've been trying to reach without even being on social media. So I am seeing ways that it is growing my business and I'm really thankful for that. That's amazing. So those who are listening, who are feeling very inspired to do something like this in the near future, where would you suggest that they start first? I know we talked about, you talked about building an email and text list, but where should they start preparing? It's probably not something you want to say, (laughs) you know, all right, I'm giving up social media for a whole month starting tomorrow. It's probably not something you want to do unless you truly want to need to take a break. Absolutely do that. But just know that there might be a little bit of repercussion if you just cut it (laughs) off cold turkey tomorrow. But what would you suggest that people do to prepare for something like this? I think figuring out whether you want to do one or both of these ways are just so great because it's a way to connect. I would just start thinking about how you can drive people to either your email or your text, which is going to be some kind of resource that you can give them like a freebie or um, it just depends what your industry is on what you are trying to share and help them with. But that's where I started. I had an email list because I get the emails of people who have ordered with me. Um, But in order for me to gain more people, I had to kind of come up with what 
could I give people? What would people want? And so I created um, a clean beauty guide that just talked, walked them through some ingredients. We avoid how to check your products, um, some greenwashing things that we want to avoid and was able to kind of start growing that way. And you can do the same through text. It's very similar. Yes. And there are so many platforms. I don't know what you use for email, but I use Flowdesk and of course, Project Broadcast. We talk a lot about a lot about that on the, on the show, but what are the platforms that you use in your business? I use both of those. I use Flowdesk and I use Project Broadcast. There are a lot of resources. You can obviously pay. I have done um, like a little $30 course that I found, but there's, of course, there's courses out there that you could pay for, but I found a lot of free resources just through Flowdesk and through Project Broadcast that they teach you how to do these things. Um, and that's what I kind of started spending my time doing is learning how to do it. Um, so we don't always have, I mean, paying for these resources are so beneficial, but we don't always have to. There are ways that we can learn just by using their platforms. They want us to learn is what I figured out is they want us to know how to use these things to grow our business. And so they're out there. And that's what I started doing was kind of learning. And I think one of the biggest things, and I wrote this down when I was doing my, my fast was I need to show up scared more. I need to do more scary things and have fun. And it was really scary when I started putting out some of these texts. It felt scarier than email. I don't know why. Maybe because I had in my mind that it, they might not open that email, so it's okay. But that text is going right to their phone and they're going to look at it. And it felt very vulnerable. And it's kind of nerve wracking doing it through a platform like Project Broadcast, which is super easy to use, but yet... I'm like, am I doing this right? Yeah, you know, is this going to get to them the way that I'm hoping to get to them and some of the automations and stuff. And so it was a little scary, but um, I'm really glad that I have learned. And yes, I've had people opt out who don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> and and I've had to learn that that's not me, that's them, you know, and, and not get discouraged and just keep trying and that's actually where I've seen, I think, more growth. I, I've heard a lot of good feedback from my email, but I've seen tangible growth from my texting. So I like them both. That is awesome. I love to hear those real-time results. That's great. And you're right. That opting out can be, oh, it can sting a little bit, but that's okay. Like you said, it happens. I mean, I love, there are certain companies that I love that I shop from often that I've opted out of their texts because I just exactly. don't choose to receive them. And that's fine because I choose to shop with them a different way. And so just like you said, don't take it personally if that happens. It's just part of, it's just part of it, part of the process. Yep. <laughs> All right, Paige, how can listeners get in touch with you to learn more about Beauty Counter and just follow you and just listen to the encouraging things you have to say each and every day. I always, I love to follow your stories. It's so much fun. You have a great mix of day-to-day -day life as well as your business and in your faith. And I appreciate that so much. So where can people find you and follow you? Thank you so much. You can follow me on Instagram at Paige Damero. And there, there will be a link in my bio. You can join my email or my texting list. And of course, follow along with my stories and um, send me a message. Say hi. Yes. Such a friendly face on Instagram. I appreciate it so much. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story about your passion and heart behind 
helping others switch to safer beauty products. I know that's such an important mission and I'm so grateful to have people like you who are out there sharing it. So thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode. In my opinion, it's way more fun to share life with a friend. So if you loved what you heard today, feel free to take a screenshot and post it to your socials so your friends can listen into the show too. Don't forget to tag me at Directly Different Podcast and I'll be sure to give you a shout out. Speaking of social media, follow me on Instagram at Directly Different Podcast and send me a DM. I'd love to continue the conversation. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.